Well, here we are, back in the very professional studios of the Rise Together podcast. That's right, this is Dave Hollis. I am sitting on the floor of my closet, and I am recording the next episode of Rise Together. Now, if you were with us last week, Rachel was here without me as I was off living my best life on a fishing trip, and this week I am here without her as she is in London, or just outside Birmingham, living her best life, doing an event, seeing a movie based on a book from one of her favorite authors of all time, and doing a fan meetup. So while she is overseas living her best life, I am going to continue the unconventional episode, The Five Ways to Show Up for Your Partner, this time from Dave's perspective. Here we go. Hi guys, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. <laughs> but we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Five ways to show up for your partner from my perspective. Uh, I am, as I may have mentioned, Dave Hollis. I happen to be, as you may have noticed from the tone of my voice, a man. I am, in this instance, a man married to a woman. But whether you're a guy or a gal, married or single, my hope is that some of the observations in how I show up in our marriage might be things that you can take and apply to your relationship regardless of where you find your relationship. Uh, we're reaching for an exceptional relationship. We're doing so super intentionally. These are some things that we do, that I do, to try and reach for that intentionally exceptional marriage. Uh, I uh, am not looking for extra credit, but I did, because I'm a nerd, make a list of the five things that all happen to start with the letter P. Spoiler alert, I'm going to give you those five things up front so you know exactly what we're getting into. They are, number one, pursue your spouse. Number two, protect your spouse. Three, push your spouse. Four, please your spouse. And number five, partner with your spouse. You say, Dave, wait a second, I'm not married. You kept saying spouse. Yep, I know. These are things for me that are indicative of how I show up for my partner who happens to be my wife. But if you're in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, if you're whatever, whatever relationship you're in, just substitute spouse for whatever you find yourself in, and hopefully there's application for you. Number one, pursue your spouse. Uh, pursue is an active word. It's something that as a part of our daily morning exercise, I have been writing down for a long time. And that is, I pursue my wife. Uh, and I write it down that way in present tense as a trigger, as a prompt for me during the day to be considerate of what I would need to do 
to actually live into the pursuit of my wife. Uh, and the big question that I tend to ask myself is, how at the beginning of our relationship, when there was not certainty that she'd be there when I woke up in the morning, did I treat my now wife, then girlfriend, and am I still living in and leaning into things that I did then when I was trying to convince her that she ought to be married to me for the rest of time? Uh, so often, I think we as humans let life just jump in the way of how we show up for each other. And if there is a difference between how you pursued your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend now relative to how you did when you were just starting out, you got to ask yourself, one, why? What is it? Um, and, and a lot of times it's going to come back to it having probably just become a little bit comfortable. You probably have you know, kind of leaned back into a space that has you, in some ways, even if you don't want to admit it, taking for granted the fact that you don't have to try as hard as you needed to at the beginning of the relationship to have them there the next time. But if you were on date two and you wanted to get to date three, what were the things that you might have done then and how can you incorporate those things into how you do things now? Um, be intentional and consistent with date nights, right? Pursuit of wife, pursuit of girlfriend, per pursuit of boyfriend or husband, whatever it might be, um, sometimes is as simple as really choosing to intentionally set time aside for you and your partner to be alone together, to remind yourself of why it is that you want to be in this relationship in the first place. We've hit this over the head so many times, I'm sure that people are sick of us talking about it, but Thursday night is a date night in our lives, every single Thursday. And because of it, we know it's part of how we're gonna connect. Our kids know it's part of a thing that we are committed to. And for us, the what are we gonna do and how are we gonna spend that time is in the you know, kind of wrapped up in the, the the guise of how we're pursuing each other, uh, and our date nights start long before we get to the actual date itself. They end long after the date is over. But being consistent and super intentional with having time together uh, is important. And then the last piece for me inside of this pursuing your your spouse or your partner uh, number one is flirting, complimenting dating, you know, trying to um, be the person that goes out of their way to make sure that the person you're in relationship with knows how much you appreciate that you're in relationship with each other. Um, in Rachel's episode, her first point was this desire I have to be the hero of our marriage, the hero of our family, the hero, um, just in, in many ways, you know, some of that's wrapped up in kind of how I think I'm wired as a man, but all of us, every human being wants to be uh, seen and known that the work that they're doing to either show up as a partner or as a parent or as a person who's contributing uh, to the finances of the home or keeping it clean or whatever it might be, they want to be seen. And so, uh, you know, complimenting the way that your other is showing up in your life, in your relationship, uh, is important. But also, don't 
diminish, don't throw away, how important it is to just every once in a while make the comment of your noticing a thing that attracts you to the person that you're in relationship with. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel, frankly, sexy and increases the likelihood that you might actually make out with this person. Uh, compliments, flirting, you know, committing to dating, all of those roll in to number one, pursuing your spouse. I write it down every day. I pursue my wife. If you are not actively in pursuit of your partner, I don't know that you're necessarily showing up as best you possibly can for them. Number two, protect your spouse. Protect your spouse. And I don't mean necessarily, of course, though, it's a good thing, like physically protect them, build a fence around your home and uh, be prepared to defend them in case robbers show up. I mean, yeah, that's a good idea too. But uh, protecting your spouse from my perspective is about being their biggest champion with public declarations of support. I am, I 100% am, Rachel Hollis's number one fan. I am active and deliberate and intentional in making sure that at all times, not only does she know that I'm her biggest fan, but that anyone who runs into us appreciates the role that I play in our relationship to be supportive of her, of her work, of her worth, of her contribution, and she does the same thing for me. Uh, and, and it's, it's not probably something that every single day comes uh, super easy to everyone, but the way that your partner will receive your overture publicly of their being a good contributor, of their work mattering, of their effort or attempt to help you do the things that keep your life in order, uh, those are the kind of things that, man, really are a visible sign of how you can show up for your other. Uh, also inside of protecting your spouse, defending their honor, not joking at their expense, or stopping gossip if you overhear someone else saying something that in any way is a slight at the person that you're a partner of. I've been in circles. I've been in relationship where people have thought they could get an easy laugh by poking a little fun at the person they were in a relationship with. Oh, that is not the way to best show up for your partner. Um, it's not the best way to defend or honor the way that you feel about them. And it actually, if they were to catch wind of it, is a recipe for really becoming something that can be cancerous inside of, an, of a relationship. So you, I think, really have to be on the lookout for, one, being their champion, but two, the opposite of that, if somebody tries to go after or make fun, especially if you're the one that sees an easy opportunity to poke a little bit of fun, maybe you're the funny person. I am a funny person. I love to make jokes. Jokes about my wife are off limits because I've decided the best way I can show up for her is to not do things that would belittle or take away from the awesomeness that she is in the universe. If you find yourself doing it, I bet you could even be in a relationship where the person that you're in relationship with wouldn't own up to the fact that it totally bothers them 
when you make a joke at their expense. But the strongest, strongest relationships are those that know that there are certain lines that shouldn't be crossed, and that line is definitely uh, an important one. And my last one in the protect your spouse category is about really being clear about where other lines exist, rules as it were, that keep you, keep your spouse from being in situations where bad things can happen. And I'll give you an example. Rachel and I both travel quite a bit. We don't always travel together. And when we don't travel together, we have had a conversation and totally agreed on how we do or don't drink with people who are of the opposite sex after certain times of the day. There's just not a situation where you deciding to go and have cocktails with colleagues of the opposite sex after a certain time of day um, could possibly lead to something that you don't want to have happen in your relationship could happen. And it's not that anyone intentionally goes down that path or is looking necessarily for trouble, but trouble shows up after certain times in the day. And so we've decided as a couple that it's just not a thing that we do. And I worked in a company for a long time where I'd be on a work trip and there was a group of people that were always going to go and grab drinks after an event or drinks at the end of a long day. And I, because we'd had this conversation, would just like super respectfully decline the opportunity to go and have drinks after a certain time of night and instead retired to my room, had myself a, a delicious club sandwich and didn't ever find myself in a situation where bad things could happen. I don't know that anyone is actively looking to have an affair. Maybe somebody is, but um, people who wanna show up the best that they possibly can for their spouse understand that there are times where the temptation to, or the just the right mix of variables coming together could, introduce something happening that nobody wants. I feel really blessed. Neither of us have ever been, you know, in a situation where infidelity was a thing, but I think in part it's been that way because we've been really deliberate about having an open conversation about what would make either of us uncomfortable and where bad things might just show up. So have that conversation with your partner. Be okay talking about how you might hope that they, if they were on the road, would show up best for you in drawing some lines that keep your relationship the priority and ultimately, to this number two point, protect your partner. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I wanna thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. 
but I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're gonna love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. Number three. Number three is push your spouse. Uh, And I don't mean physically push. That's terrible. Do not ever physically push your spouse. But uh, I do think it's really important that you in a partnership that cares about continued perpetual growth and being a better version of yourselves individually and you as a couple uh, every single day having the next day be a better version of, of you, um, that you need to have an accountability partner, that you need to say to this person that you are in relationship with, part of what I'd like in this relationship is for on the days when you see me not reaching for the best version of me, on the days when I'm not showing up as good as you think or know I could, that you would be comfortable enough to wade into a hard conversation and challenge me to show up better for my life, show up better for our marriage, show up better for our children. We've talked plenty of times in this podcast and in the Rise podcast about times when I didn't show up in the best version of me. And as much as I didn't love the conversation when it was happening, I'm grateful that I have in Rachel a partner that was willing to get into the dirt get into that muck and have a hard look in the mirror, Dave, kind of conversation that really provoked me taking action to make better decisions and make me show up in a way that was better for not just myself, but for ultimately um, our marriage and our family. Um, So uh, pushing your spouse is also about encouraging them to build friendships outside of your marriage. I know that this was in Rachel's I promise you I wrote this all down prior to having listened to her episode, but I believe so strongly in the importance of having friendships outside of your marriage so that you have some objective third parties that can listen to the things that are happening in your life so that you have multiple points of view, so you have an outlet for um, things that might be frustrating about your partner so that you can refuel and come back more whole to the relationship that you're trying to show up for. Rachel has been an awesome encourager of me spending time with guys that can help push me to be a better version of myself. And I have also been a person that says you need to go and spend time with women who can show up for you and be supportive of you and who can pour fuel into you. Because every time we've been deliberate in pushing each other into community, We come back into the relationship a better, wholer version of ourself. Um, So do it, um, but do it with a generous heart. Um, You can't say, please go hang out with your friends and then begrudge them for having taken you up on their request. You've got to do it. And then even though you have to handle some of the load balance of life, um, do it with a happy spirit knowing that they are going to come back and be a better version of themselves. 
And then the last inside of this push your spouse, push your partner, uh, point number three is inviting them into opportunities to grow as an individual or as a couple. So there have been times where I was reaching more for things that would fuel me or us, and I was the one that was pulling Rachel into that. But to be totally honest, more often than not, it has been Rachel as my partner who has read a great book or listened to a great podcast or shown up at a personal development conference. And in that experience, saw fruit for herself personally and said, man, I care so much about you, Dave, and for our relationship that I really think you ought to read this book or listen to this podcast. And um, there were times, to be honest, where I was a little bit like kicking, not kicking and screaming, that's that's too rough, but I was begrudgingly walking into something that um, I was maybe not as sure was going to be for me. But man, so many times she saw something because of how well she knows me that she knew I needed. And in introducing it to me and pushing me to reach, you know, for it and lean into it, uh, as I did, left me a better person, left me more full as as an individual and ultimately had me showing up better for the partnership. So um, be comfortable to challenge your spouse, challenge your partner Uh, to reach for things that you know can be good for them. And even if they're going to be a little bit of a curmudgeon, honestly, I was curmudgeonly at times, um, just keep keep doing it. Do it in a way that they can receive it. Do it in a way that hopefully doesn't make them feel like garbage for um, you having to push them into the space. Um, But as you come with that you know, heart of wanting to help them become a better version of themselves. Um, as, as there's a willingness for you, if you're the curmudgeon, to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot because I care enough about and I'm interested enough in having this relationship go to a deeper, more exceptional level. Um, trust that your spouse has good intentions for you and say yes. Say yes to some things that honestly you might not normally say yes to. In those times, for me, When I said yes to stuff that I was skeptical of or that I, as a man, because of masculinity being what it is or that I really kind of, not even kind of, I came out of a place of really believing that self-help was for broken people. The idea that Rachel's recommendation for something in the self-help space was a thing that I needed was received by me as her indicting me as having been broken. It couldn't have been further from the truth. She just knew that this was a great podcast or a great book or a great conference and that in her having had some good experience from it, she knew I'd have a good experience too. So sometimes it's about getting out of your own way if you're the person who's not as interested and accepting the help that your partner is offering because of their appreciation that it's the kind of thing you need to become the better version of you. Number four, please your spouse. Hello, please your spouse. So uh, in some respects, yes, I am referring to pleasing your spouse in the bedroom. Uh, We obviously had an episode where we did have a conversation as awkward as it was for us to have it about sex. You are welcome to go back to that episode and hear all of the things But showing up well for your spouse generally also, from my perspective, is about showing up for them intimately as well. Being 
um, a person who has an appreciation for how well we run as a couple when we're making out on the regular, when we have sex more often than not, those are the times when we're also reaching for more things inside of the personal growth space, when we're challenging ourselves to eat better, when we're going to the gym on the more regular basis. There is something connected to how you show up for each other intimately and how every other thing inside of your relationship can also show up better. So yes, pleasing your spouse comes in that space. But also, pleasing your spouse is, for for me, the thing that I probably need to do more of. I can admit it freely. Surprising and delighting my wife with unexpected things in her world that are the small things that just bring a smile to her face. She has famously told people that I bring her coffee in the morning. And in fact, every morning, for the most part, I do. But there's like the every once in a while thing that I don't even think is going to really matter necessarily that to her is a huge deal. And I'll give you an example of something that she just did that when she did it, I was like, gosh, I got to do this more. We were hanging out on just three days ago, and we were having lunch at the house. It was a very busy day where we were taping something in the morning, and we were doing some meetings in the afternoon, and she was making herself lunch and asked, hey, can I make you lunch? I said, yeah, that'd be great. And when I got to my lunch, she'd, on a napkin, written a very quick three-line note about her appreciation of me and that she thought I was handsome, or something to that effect. And it took her 8.4 seconds to scribble on a napkin some affirming words that just honestly made me feel awesome. And I thought, dang it, when was the last time I scribbled on a napkin that I thought she was beautiful or that I appreciate the way she shows up as a mom or how proud I am of her, of how she chases down all of these massive dreams inside of work? It literally does not take long. Um, So pleasing your spouse is also about finding small ways to show up so that the person you're in partnership with feels loved and surprised at times by love. You know, if there was a thing in our ritual of going on date nights on Thursdays that maybe has a downside, it's that it's pretty predictable. We're going out on a Thursday. You know when Thursday is. It's a thing you can plan on. So part of what I know I have to do even more of, and if you're listening, I promise you the investment time versus the kind of reward you can get, it's just massive. If you were to spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes of your day doing three small things that could surprise the partner you're in relationship with, it would fundamentally change the way every single other thing in your relationship showed up. I'm saying it out loud so that I will do it more often myself. Um, Number five, partner with your spouse. Uh, We've talked Uh, we've talked before about this. I'm going to keep talking about it forever and ever and ever because at the beginning of our relationship, we did not necessarily think about or see things this way. When we have a problem, when one of us has a problem, it is not my problem or Rachel's problem. It is our problem. When I'm going through a hard time, 
we are going to together go through that hard time because it is us in this partnership against that problem. So often the things that tear relationships apart or make them less than exceptional is that one of us inevitably is going through something that's a little bit harder, that was created even sometimes by one of us, that has put pressure or acts as a distraction on our relationship. And the tendency for most people is to have some feelings about the fact that this person who created this problem or who has this problem is a drain on the relationship. It's frustrating because it exists and you tend to become a little bit disgruntled or bitter or frustrated or mad. And those emotions are useless in propelling your relationship forward. If instead you're able to approach any of those issues, any of those problems, any of those things, even if they are self-inflicted, even if they are the thing that they've done over and over again as a problem that you as a partnership have to together overcome, it changes your mindset on how you approach the problem and it fundamentally changes the way that you will get to a solution that makes each of you feel better for not having had it been one against the other, but instead both against the issue. Um, another piece in partnering with your spouse, you know, having a partnership with your partner, is really being clear about how you're dividing up the work of your world. I came into our marriage having been raised a certain way by parents who did things a certain way. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, hardest job in the entire universe. It informed a little of how I thought I had responsibility for cleaning up the house. I had responsibility for taking care of kids. I had responsibility for earning money or didn't in each of those instances. And uh, Rachel was raised in a different kind of environment and had a completely different mentality when it came to whose job it was to keep the house clean or to raise the kids or to have jobs or to earn money. And so we had to have some really intentional conversations about how we each felt about those things. And so partnership in this sense is also about being really clear about what each of us are responsible for. Now, this might not be the case for you, but I'm going to say this because this is the case in our family. Our children are as much my responsibility to care for and take care of as they are Rachel's. That means if they have a doctor's appointment or need to be to school on time or have lunch that needs to be made or have a shot that they're going to receive or have fallen and skinned their knee in the backyard, it is, it is as much my responsibility as it is hers to tend to whatever that thing might be. It requires, because of that, us to negotiate who's handling what at the beginning of a week. We, we have talked plenty of times about how we plan out our week ahead of time. But it's so important that you at least have that conversation because so much frustration when it comes to partnership with a partner is in the disconnect between what you as the man or you as the woman or you as partner A and partner B think each of your roles ought to be because if one of you thinks one thing and the other of you thinks something different, it will lead to trouble. So 
um, I show up as much as I, you know, am expected to, but I show up um, as a person who's as responsible for these humans that we have um, created slash adopted as she does. Um, they are both of our kids. The house is both of our responsibility. Earning money is both of our responsibility. Getting help is as much both of our responsibility. Are there things in our life that we have divided labor on, as it were? Yes. And we have come to terms with what those things are. But um, at least having the conversation in how your partnership shows up it needs to be one where both of you feel comfortable being honest. If you are a stay-at-home mom, number one, my hat is off to you. You have accepted one of, if not the most, challenging jobs. It is not a job that I can do. I, I, I'm just not wired that way. It's not a thing that I can do, but man, I have mad respect for you. But if in your having uh, taken on this very, very difficult job, also hope for the, the, the spouse that you are partnered with to show up for your children in a certain way, but have never articulated that in a conversation, you will perpetually be frustrated unless you engage in that conversation. I, for a long time, uh, had a salary that in having earned money for my family, unconsciously, I can say it was unconscious because I don't remember ever actually thinking this thought, but unconsciously because I made money for our family, it took away the responsibility of me showing up in certain capacities because I felt like, well, I made the money, so I don't have to actually do these things. Well, that's not the way Rachel felt. And it wasn't until we had the conversation and understood where each of us were coming from that we could make peace with how we each needed to come to the things that were important in our life, in our relationship, and in our family. And uh, the last piece is um, we're in this together. Um, it's a little bit of that us against the problem thing, but this is, you know, a, I would say, especially when you go through really, really, really hard times or really, really great times, right? When you're in a bunker, when one of you is struggling with depression, when one of you is struggling with trauma or loss, when one of you is struggling with having lost a job, when one of you is struggling, you're both in that bunker. And the person who's going through the struggle needs to feel that they 100% are in that struggle with that partner. That is the way a good partner shows up. And the flip side is true too. Because when you're on the metal platform and one of the partners is being recognized for excellence, unless you have the other partner as the one who's raising that partner's hand and is standing there encouraging them and sharing the spotlight of that achievement, that also can create a riff, a, a disconnect, the contrast between where they might be and where that other now enjoying the victory lap moment spouse might be. Um, that's a tough gulf to have to manage as well. So whether you're in a bunker, whether you're on a metal platform, be there together that is a big and important part of showing up well for your spouse. So, in summary, if you can pursue your spouse treating the relationship like you did at the beginning, if you can be intentional and consistent with things like date nights, and if you can do things like flirting, like complimenting, and just kind of being in that mindset of dating like you were at the beginning, you're going to be a lot further along than you were uh, not pursuing those things. 
uh, if you can protect your spouse, that's being their big champion, being a public declarator of all of the things that they are doing and that loud voice of support, uh, defending their honor, not making jokes at their expense, stopping other people from gossiping if you ever hear it. Um, And if you can defend your relationship or uh, do things that fortify the likelihood that it will survive by creating some rules when you're not together, not going out after a certain length of uh, part of the night or um, not drinking with someone of the opposite sex or whatever it might be. Nobody's walking into a situation where mistakes happen going, I'm going to go make a mistake. But if you set some rules, if you're conscientious of doing the things that protect your relationship, there w- there's a massively lower chance that something bad can happen. Number three was pushing your spouse, be an accountability partner, encourage them to build friendships, encourage them to find outlets that don't involve you, invite them into opportunities that you know can help them grow. And if you're the person who needs that growth, receive their suggestion, not as an indictment on your being broken, but on their belief in your ability to be better and grow into who you were meant to be. Four was to please your spouse. Yep, you got to commit to intimacy. I, uh, like we've said plenty of times, believe it's such an important uh, signal of the health of so many par- other parts of your relationship and is a thing that can you know, raise the tide for a lot of other things happening in your relationship. But also it's about showing up with those unexpected small little things My example, if you took 10 minutes a day to do three unexpected things to your spouse, it would fundamentally change your relationship, I promise. It could be as little as bringing them coffee or leaving a small note in their bag. And then the fourth thing, partner with your fourth thing. The fifth thing, partner with your spouse. Uh, You know, it's you as a partnership. It's you as a couple against the problem, not one of you having a problem that the other person uh, has to endure. You're both there enduring it together. Uh, that you have a conversation about how you hope each of you would show up in the relationship. And if you have children, how each of you would show up with the responsibilities for your family. And then finally, uh, it's about how you're each in it together at the low lows and the high highs, right? If you're in that deep valley that you know that person is walking with you during that moment of despair, but that also is some of one of you is in the midst of a celebratory victory lap, that that victory is one that you're sharing with your partner and keeping him close. Those are my five. Uh, I'm sure that you'll have your own five, but I hope more than anything that there's something in this that you're able to take away that can be applied to helping move your relationship forward as you continue to reach for an exceptional partnership. If you like this episode, I do hope that you'll share it with your friends. Use the hashtag Rise Together Podcast, tag Let's Rise.co, Mr. Dave Hollis and Miss Rachel Hollis on Instagram. And man, a great favor. If you really like it, I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and that you'd go and leave a review on iTunes. The subscription and the reviews are a huge way of affecting the rankings, and the rankings are how new people are going to find this. I hope you found some tools that you can put into practice, and if you did, that you'd share it with your friends. Take care, and Rachel and I will be back next week with a new episode of Rise Together, Together.